1: Good evening, Jundo. How are you? I have had a heck of a bad day. Oh, no. What happened? No, not, not anything. It's all my fault, kind of. I, uh, well, you know, it's. Let's see. I got angry at somebody. Oh. Shouldn't have.
0: Zen masters aren't supposed to do that.
1: No, we're not supposed to do that, you know? Well, it was because I was uh, frustrated and uh, a little annoyed. And uh, you see, I'm not supposed to do that either, right? You're not. No.
0: It sounds like you had a lot of dukkha.
1: Yeah, no, I got a lot of dukkha. And you would think after all these years of doing Zen and telling people how not to have dukkha, dukkha, by the way, a footnote, uh, means the suffering in a Buddhist sense, which means basically feelings of disappointment, despondency, feeling friction towards the conditions of life. Yeah, that describes my day. A lot yeah. of friction towards the conditions of life.
0: Okay, you you even look a bit grumpy here. You don't usually look grumpy. You usually look serene. You've got this light behind your head that kind of gives you a backlit halo when I talk to you.
1: The only thing light I'd like to... You to see me behind today is at the bar doing shots with the the Michelob sign behind me. No, it's not that bad. I, I don't drink like that. Do they That's... have Michelob in Japan? I don't know if they have Michelob in Japan. Actually, I don't, <laughs> and I don't frequent bars. I'm just trying to say it's a bluesy day, man. It was a, a rough day. Bluesy day. day. Okay. Yeah. Do you want to tell us why? Well, you know, first off, I'm uh, business was a bit down. I made a couple of stupid mistakes. A uh, wife and I had a, a few words between us. That happens too, you know. First off, in the old days, monks didn't get married, and here I am, a married monk. And you know, married monk is still a married guy. You know, I understand why the why the Buddha why the Buddha decided to leave it all behind him and go hang out with the boys. You know what I mean? Sometimes.
0: Just think about all the friction that that takes away from life when monks are celibate. Of course, the the other friction they have is living next to all these other celibate monks. Regardless of the fact that they may not be totally celibate, it's like living so close with so many people. You know, if you're living with your wife and kids in your house, that's close. But imagine if you're living with 50 other monks, all sleeping in the same place, all, you know, exuding odors, etc.
1: Well, the the person I got upset with today was another priest. Oh. That priest got on my nerves. Okay. So this is kind of confession time for Jindo, okay. that I am not perfect. And that is our theme today. When monks suffer or have a bad hair day, of course, you know, monks don't have hair, but you get my point. When we get up on the wrong side of the futon, <laughs> it happens. And this shocks people. And maybe people are saying, well, why am I listening to this guy tell me about Buddhism? I want to listen to somebody who never has a bad day, who never does get too angry, who never does stick his foot in his mouth or get a little depressed or upset about something, that's the guy I want to listen to, you know, not me. And I say, well, you know, I'd like to listen to that guy too, because I haven't met him yet.
0: (laughs) Well, let me tell you a secret. I've known for a long time that you are not perfect. But that's fine. None of us are perfect. We can't hope to be perfect. In fact, it's an unattainable ideal, and it's probably unhealthy, to try to become perfect because you'll never make it.
1: Well, this is what surprises folks about many long-time Buddhists, not only priests, but people who have been practicing a long time, that they're still human. You see, and, and I would say even maybe in some ways more human than other humans. Superhuman? No, I don't think so. No, not superhuman. I meant it in a in a, a sense of our weaknesses. People come to Buddhism because usually they're in search of something. They're suffering. There is something about life or themselves that they're trying to find a way to escape from or answers to. And then they come to Buddhism. And guess what? I don't want to chase people away. I want to give them a message here. That Buddhism is actually a good thing because it helps a lot. It helps a lot. I am not half the ass. I'm still an ass, but I'm not half the ass I was when I was 20. That guy.
0: So that means that
1: now you are half assed. I'm half assed. I'm (laughs) an ass with a small a. Yes. Exactly. But we're still the same person. And sometimes that arises in us and It it it's softer. Sometimes we're better at directing it in good directions, but a lot of times we're still the same folks. And this is the message that sometimes people need to hear about Buddhism. It will not make you a perfect being, it will just make you a better being. Is it even better? It's
0: I, I think it makes you more aware of what you are, who you are, how you act, and allows you to correct things maybe not everyone, when they become that aware, will make changes. But those who want to will discover things about themselves that they can change.
1: But that—that that is my definition of better. For example, you may still be someone who is prone to anger, but it will happen less, you'll catch it earlier. Mm. Sometimes it'll still get you, like it got me today, but you will tend to say, oh, wait a second, I'm not buying into this. I realize my mind is is telling me something here i do not have to believe and you will have the ability to get away from it earlier but let me tell you it's in our most prince, primitive part of the medulla oblongata i believe and it'll get you sometime it'll mm-hmm. get you sometime uh but it makes us better less greedy less tendency, tendency to buy the bull that the 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 brain is selling us. So I do think it makes us better.
0: Do you want to talk more about what got you so angry or not?
1: Well, yeah, I got a couple of things. Uh, I I asked something of a priest, and I thought um, it was not really. It, 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 it's kind of inside priest talk. It it would not be so interesting, perhaps. But okay. Yeah, I asked something of a priest to do a priesty thing, and they they didn't do the priesty thing, and this priest got pissed off. I was a pissed off priest. Okay. Yeah. Okay. There's the title for our episode: Pissed Off Priest. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not just about me. For example, you know Washin.
0: Yes. He, he's our priest who's in Odessa, Ukraine, right
1: now. In Odessa, where so far they've been spared, but now, according to Putin's latest threats, uh, uh, Odessa's in the crosshairs. And he's now very concerned about whether he's safe there. He has a child there what happens to his child he he's spoken about this openly it's no secret and uh, he's been doing marvelously for all this he's he he he's been online teaching uh, uh i don't want to say teaching leading zazen groups from odessa and it's very inspiring and and he he's been keeping good sense and peaceful but i said you know washin you don't have to be like that all the time it's uh, i'm i'm sure you wake up some mornings and you're worried you know what's tomorrow going to bring and and uh, sad about it all and if i was uh, going to lose my life my house my family was in threat i'd be in a panic yeah it's normal to be scared it's okay and i'd even be angry sometimes sure and uh, who knows who knows i don't i haven't discussed this with him but who knows if if he had to would he even have to break his vows and, and defend himself Hmm. You know, I talk about it theoretically, but there's someone who's actually on the front lines, literally.
0: Yeah, we we can't know this. We can opine about what it's like, but you can't know what it's like until you've been in his situation. As I understand it, the the Russian missile that blew up an apartment building was a couple blocks from where he lives. Now, I just can't imagine where I am if there were missiles falling down a mile away or less. That that just is beyond my experience.
1: So. We have to realize that all our Buddhist rhetoric and talk and our practicing Zazen gets to be a bit of a different situation when someone's shooting at you. Yes. And uh, so he needs to be cut a break. Now, he's still one of the wisest, dearest, sweetest people I know. But uh, priests deserve to be union. Uh, Sorry. We should unionize and let priests be human is what I meant to say. (laughs)
0: so what do monks do
1: when they're melancholy do they sing the monk blues oh the monk blues that would be cool man (laughs) uh i i guess uh i guess when we're melancholy what we do is what everybody else does and uh just you know let let yourself be sad and, and let it let it pass i know i know monks who've been clinically depressed and that is a medical condition. Mm. I know monks who have been alcoholic, or even had some drug problem. Uh, it's a medical condition. Again, let me underline this: it's not that oh, you became a monk; it's not working because you're turning to the bottle sometimes, or you're depressed. These are people who, before they came to be monks, they had this issue, and being a monk helped, but they couldn't beat it. Mm. That's what happens sometimes. I'm afraid that's you know. That's what happens in many cases where we punish ourselves and we expect ourselves to be better than we are. But I want to underline again, Buddhism is wonderful. It helps. It takes the sharp edges and rounds them off. But we still have to recognize who we are. Yeah, becoming a monk is not
0: like a magic pill or a magic... You don't like make some gesture and bless them and all of a sudden everything's wonderful. If anything, becoming a monk or a trainee priest, because we've discussed the difference between monk and priest, is just the first step on a very long journey.
1: Uh, It came up this week because uh, one of uh, my dear friends who's a Japanese monk, uh, training in Japanese monasteries, kind of old school places, ran into a couple of bad situations. Mm. Um, Sometimes training in Zen, which is meant to be sometimes very samurai and like, uh,
0: like a Zen boot camp?
1: Yeah, like exactly. Because it's supposed to pound down yourself so you get to get beyond all that. There's a theory behind it, but I'm going to tell you, sometimes it turns downright sadistic in the wrong hand. Yeah. And uh, you're also dealing with people who are sometimes there for the wrong reasons. So he, he ran into a couple of situations where I can only describe it as crazy violence. Mm. And uh, he pointed me to actually a legal case at a monastery where a couple of monks beat up another monk and the monk went to the police. This was from a few years ago. Because you're dealing with kids, a lot of these monks.
0: And even, I would say, even more you're dealing with people who are fragile emotionally. They're searching for something. They're not stable. That's,
1: that's exactly it. That's exactly it. So sometimes in, in the wrong hands, if you give someone power, you give them a, a stick and you put them in charge of other people, Yeah, they're going to hit. use that stick to hit the other person too hard. Yeah. And this happens in a lot of monastic situations. It probably happened 500 years ago. We just didn't talk about it. It was just the way things were.
0: Probably happened relatively often back then. I, I'm sure. So what happens if a monk goes to the police about something that's happened in the Zen temple? Do they bring in, like, the Japanese equivalent of Columbo to investigate? Are police even allowed to investigate in Zen temples?
1: Yes, they they, they have a a special uh, monk squad that comes in. (laughs) Uh, So in this case, if it was 50 years ago or uh, longer, I think the police would have basically ignored the complaint because monks will be monks. But this uh, generation is also becoming... uh, very conscious that there's a lot of abuse in J- in Japan like there are in other places too of bullying mm. kids in schools who get picked on not only by other kids but sometimes the teachers smack them in uh, sumo wrestling there have been cases sumo wrestling training is also very hard but there are actually a couple of sumo wrestlers who died because someone thought their training should involve hitting him over the head with a bottle wow and there were there was a murder case in the sumo stable because that's what the coach did he he hit the the, the wrestler, and killed the wrestler.
0: What a great episode of Columbo that one would be. Murder in the sumo stable.
1: So I th- I'm not going to do my Columbo impersonation here. <laughs> so a lot of the people in our song, I think, who heard these cases were a little discouraged and a little shocked. Like, it blows my image of what mm. goes on in the monastery. You mean these monks are acting like, you know, like, where, they're supposed to take a vow of nonviolence. Why are they using violence? Why why are they treating each other like this? And I said, Because they're in the monastery because this is who they are. Mm. And sometimes the the devil inside sneaks out. It's true.
0: Yeah. And you have a lot of people in a small place in a confined area with very strict rules, so there's not a lot of there's not a lot of ways to let off the steam, is there?
1: Oh, it is a pressure cooker. Yeah. That is for sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, the, uh, the the abbot, the head of the temple, is supposed to keep control, but sometimes he can be. Mm. There, there, there's a funny story about these two abbots who are fighting in one of the monasteries we heard about this week. One guy is extremely strict, and he's in—he's the abbot now. The former abbot, who keeps uh, his hand in the in the what's going goings on in the temple, he's got—he—he uh, he, he retired, but not quite. He's very, very strict. So the uh, the new abbot is practically a libertine. Mm. He has people getting up for Zazen at 3 a.m. Oh, that's late. But the old guy, no, yeah, yeah, the old guy is saying, 2 a.m., baby, that's the way it should be done. <laughs> so, uh, And they're really having a civil war about this 2 a.m., 3 a.m. thing.
0: That's a big difference, yeah. But if you think about it, these monks are exposed to a situation of severe sleep deprivation. Right. And... While you mentioned earlier, this is like to break down the self, but this is also what's done to torture people. Sleep deprivation... It's what's done by cults. Yeah, well, but also to torture people. It's one way to torture people without physically harming them is to deprive them of their sleep. It's very dangerous. It makes me wonder, should this be modernized?
1: Well, uh, first off, let me say something that will shock people. The the difference between a religion and a cult sometimes can be You know, the intentions and the results of it. Yeah, The monastery is meant to, first off, make people lose their self-ego quite a bit, and it's also to make the monks team players. Mm. They should, you know, become really part of the monk team. The best way to do that is something that cults have perfected, which is, for example, sleep deprivation, uh, good cop, bad cop kind of violence situations. Yeah. Yeah. Diets are very high in carbohydrates, uh, you know? Uh, cutting people off from news from the outside, making them feel yep. all the tricks that the cults knew, use. Monasteries are based on this quite often. You're not making this sound like a club med. No, no, it's not. A, it's not a, a club med, maybe the food's not so good. To, I don't know. But uh, <laughs> uh, No, but you're not making this sound
0: like a place someone would want to go to. Maybe that's part of it, that... You have to really want to do this. They don't want people just to come thinking they're going to spend a year and relax it.
1: Most of the monasteries are filled with people who don't particularly choose to be there. We've discussed this before, but they're inheriting the family temple. Right. So they're the oldest son who needs to go there to get his monk license stamp. But to do that, they want to make him part of the monk team. And this is very effective. Uh, he gets Stockholm syndrome by the end yes. of this. yeah, And he is a faithful... Uh, Zen monk. That, that is certainly part of the process. If someone's inheriting a
0: temple, how much time do they spend in a monastery before?
1: It depends if they've gone to, for example, the Buddhist university and cut the time. I think it's about, the average is about two years. Sometimes it can be okay. short of six months, I think, or longer. It's not like, oh, you you stay there for your lifetime, and it's not as if you stay there until you're enlightened and then they let you go. It's like you graduate and you go home.
0: It's also not just a month or two. Two years is a long period of time.
1: Not in Zen. Not in Zen. It's uh, usually a couple of years. Well,
0: there is no time in Zen.
1: Zen is timeless. Yeah, right. Time is money. <laughs> but uh, it's a couple of years and it's a hard, a couple of hard years. And like uh, anyone, I was in a, a college fraternity and we did hazing. And at the end of the hazing period, you're a loyal fraternity brother. It's very similar to that.
0: Mm-hmm. And the Japanese who do this, how old are they? Are they like late teens, early twenties? Because this means that this is like the, the the core period of their life when they're discovering other people that they're stuck in this pressure cooker.
1: Right. Uh most of them uh are these days are college graduates, so it's right after college. It would be uh so they would be twenty one, twenty two, twenty three. Some of them come directly from high school. It depends on the situation, but usually they're not older, older folk.
0: Right. So imagine you've just gone through your 4 years of university or college and you've maybe partied and done libertine things and then boom 2 years you're in a monastery. That's a big change as well. That must be hard to adapt to.
1: Yes, of course they have vacations in between and uh, and, and uh, they can Well, they
0: get to leave the monastery. They're not locked yes, in. Yes, yes,
1: yes. Yeah, no, they're oh, not locked in. They're not okay. locked in except for a few months here and there. No. Okay. No. But let's give them a break again. People expect every monk to be a saint. And I, and and this is what we got to get past. I want to underline this again. I'm not criticizing monks, because we have a lot of bad monks, but I'm going to tell you, for every bad monk I've met, I have known a hundred truly good, dedicated Zen Buddhist teachers and priests. Yeah. And some of them, very, very good. And some of them, if they are not saints, The needle's leaning in that direction. I've known a few of those, too. Yeah. Now, I've also known a couple of bad guys. Unfortunately, I remind people, the bad guys get all the attention, because the attention in the news, because if it bleeds, it leads. Yes. So the guy who's the troublemaker makes the big scandal. Oh, boy, everyone's talking about him. It's all corrupt. Everybody, look at this guy. But for everyone like that, there's a 100 wonderful people out there, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, I've met him. Do you read about this sort of scandal in the news in Japan? Sometimes. Okay, because we've seen it in the
0: West where, you know, as we know, things are pretty amorphous. There are no serious rules in most Zen organizations. It's not like there's a, a structure of, you know, Zen to to keep people following rules. And and so a lot of this has just been made up while they've learned how to deal with people. Whereas in Japan, they've got a longer history.
1: Well, the the news media is looking for the same thing. My, one of my... Uh comes to mind is the monk road rage incident where this monk apparently was late for a funeral or something he's in his full robes i don't know if he was a zen monk but he's in his full robes the guy cuts him off in the car he comes to the traffic light he gets out of the car in his robes like dressed you know with the long <laughs> sleeves and everything and goes up to the other guy's car and starts pummeling him through the windshield you know like yeah it was uh, people lose it people are just yeah. people. The robes don't change anything, but don't lose faith in Buddhism. Even if you meet Jundo, and it's one of the days when he's acting like an ass, or even half an ass. Okay, but do you feel better now that
0: you've gotten out of off your chest? I know it's the end of the day for you. For me, it's just about noon. For you, it's the evening. It's night. You've had a tough day. Do you feel better having told me all
1: that? Frankly, I'm still kind of frustrated and a little <laughs> disappointed and sad about what happened. I, I'm going to be honest. I am. Okay. But I recognize. I, uh, it's okay to be human. If my dog dies, I get sad. Yeah. You know, if someone does something that disappoints me, I get disappointed. I should not have gotten ang- angry like that. I should not have said the stupid things I said that were pure high. You know, I had some high school things came out of my mouth. It was just ridiculous. Uh, I was tired yesterday. I said something. And as soon as I said it, I said, I'm sorry. But it was too late. It comes out of your mouth. Yeah. Okay. Today's a new day. There's a new Jindo today. Uh, I'm going to, you know, start again. But I'm, no, I'm still a little, uh, you know, water under the bridge, but I'm not under the bridge yet. Where
0: do we go from here, Roshi? Uh, a
1: good day tomorrow.
0: If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe in iTunes or in your favorite podcast app. Please give us a rating. Tell your friends. You can check out past episodes at our website, zen-of-everything.com. Thanks for listening.